0: I Mm -hmm. like your sweater. Thank you. It's very David from Schitt's Creek.
1: (laughs) It is very David. (laughs) David. I like it even more. More David. I was in in a lot of ways, I was (laughs) going to retire this sweater because spring is coming and I wore it so much that it's kind of. Like I need to take a razor to it to get the little uh, bubbles off it. And and then I was like, fuck it, I'll just give it away. But now maybe yeah. I'm going to keep it.
0: Look and see, can you see this? It's as though they know we're about to do the golden child. Do you see this little rainbow?
1: <laughs> I do see it. Do you see it? Natasha, he's astral projecting into your Maybe house. it's me,
0: maybe I am the golden child, Amy. Maybe we finally found my special purpose. You
1: are in the city of angels. I'm Amy Rivers, and this is Eating After Midnight, a podcast where me and my best friend, Sasha Chambers, reheat movies from our childhoods to see if the leftovers have retained their flavor or leave a bad taste in our mouths. It's also about how these movies influenced,
0: inspired, and shaped us, whether the ideas they cooked up fed us, nourished our bodies and minds, or just rotted our teeth and clogged our mental arteries.
1: Sasha and I are not film scholars, but we do have a genuine love of movies as well as a beautiful friendship that spans 26 years. We are doing the golden child. Oh my God. Well, our theme this, this time around is not made in China. But was it made in Tibet? Like are those. No, it was made Tibet? it was look? made
0: in Paramount Studios and Mammoth Mountain. It was basically all of the snow scenes were basically done in Santa's Village.
1: Thank you. I was
0: <laughs> you could tell the snow looked stupid fake. Like it really looked like Santa's Village kind of let me let me get my plastic trash can lid and sail down this fake ass mountain in between takes. Like the snow looked wrong. None of them look cold. Do you know what I mean? Like half of them aren't even wearing hats. Okay. So I yeah. was so mad at all of that. I was <laughs> mad at all of that. I don't know why. There was so much to be mad at, but that particularly pissed me off. The lack of cold in the snow scenes really got under my skin.
1: Oh, really, Sasha? I mean, yes, it's like, funny. like
0: Numsi's fingernail.
1: <laughs> is that the first thing that, that got into your skin? Probably, no,
0: like, apparently yeah, the first thing funny. that hit me is something that you commented on, which which is the, the score. Mm-hmm. I was like, this music is so fucked up. Could, is there a way we could get this to be our interlude music? Because it's so
1: quintessentially awful 80s. That actually wasn't my problem with it. So A, there's the quintessential 80s soundtrack, but then they mix it up with like the strangest choices of sync tracks. And then- suddenly when you're in you're in Tibet it's like John fucking Barry is doing like Hans Zimmerman <laughs> comes and does the music like you know it goes from Vangelis to Hans Zimmerman to like Please. some really terrible tracks and none of them are good like there is not no. one good song one. in this flick no this is like it's just terrible which in most 80s movies yeah wait terrible. wait wait
0: wait the song in the crack house is good the like, Just, like Twisted Sister, some shit kind of ass band. Shh. I mean, if you had to pick the best, the least smelling turd of the lot, <laughs> that's the, the one. one. That's yeah. the one.
1: Okay, so we're doing the Golden Child, um, directed by Michael Ritchie. Now I looked this up really quick before we started, and he also did Fletch. Yeah. And he also did Wildcats with Goldie Hawn, which is actually yeah. a movie I really, really like. Yeah, um, he,
0: he was actually the second choice. Who Eddie Murphy, cause this is, look, it is really important that we get this out of the way at the top, okay? This is an Eddie Murphy vehicle. There were 20 major projects being pitched to Eddie Murphy at the time. And he thought the script of Golden Child was so fucking amazing that he, refused all of them so that he could not only star in, but executive produce The Golden Child. And his first choice was George Miller, who is best known as the director of Mad Max. So in Eddie Murphy's mind, this was going to be like a for real intense action, detective, suspenseful thriller that he would also be able to make a vehicle for his comedy. So we can see how this went so wrong. How the two visions for what the golden child was supposed to be just really went tits up real fast.
1: <laughs> oh my days. Choices were made. And Eddie all of them made, poor. Eddie made mistake. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my God. He twenty things. I wonder, do you know what the other 20 things are? Because were they just like amazing fucking films? Was Eddie supposed to be in the color purple playing? Oh my um, God. What what's the guy's part? Um, Don, uh, Donald Glover's what's his name? Donald Glover? Why can't am I saying that name wrong? That's Danny Glover. Danny Glover.
0: Now you're thinking, yeah. See, see, and that's funny because it used to be that Donald Glover was like, "Are you Danny Glover's son?" And now you can't think about Danny Glover without thinking about Donald Glover. <laughs> Man, a remake of Song of the South would have been a better <laughs> choice. That's harsh, but he so, would have been better off booking a whole string of Teddy Ruxpin commercials, anything <laughs> other than this fucking schlock, except for, except for that, like, I really remember enjoying this a lot as a kid because it's nothing, it's, it's an empty garbage film that is really nothing but a vehicle for Eddie Murphy jokes. And I loved Eddie Murphy as a kid, so I was happy to watch this, but this time around, it was so hard. As I told you, like, Something within, I think, the first 15 minutes, like it was a trauma response, like my soul shut down, my brain went to a different place, like I stopped taking notes, I just couldn't, it was like this constant hum of irritation, like being at the mall at Christmas, like you couldn't pick out who, what cover of what song is being done Christmas styles, but you know it's happening and you know it fucking sucks and you know you're stuck there and you can't get away from it. It's just a constant hum, of irritation, of discomfort, like a, like a yeast infection, like a yeast infection in the mall at Christmas. But what could offset this is the occasional bite of cinnamon. Those would be the, uh, the, the Eddie Murphy jokes would be the bite of cinnamon. Otherwise
1: it's like having a yeast infection in the mall at Christmas. I don't have anything on to top that. I think this is really done. I think we finished, we finished our show. That's it. And, well, and done. I, too, loved this movie growing up. I remember watching it with my best friend Khadija and her brothers, and we loved it. We quoted from it. We watched it again and again and again, and I thought it was funny as hell. And then I actually rewatched it in my 20s and realized that it was the worst piece of shit in the universe. So when you brought it up for us to do it, I was like, this is movie is not good, it is not good. And it's true, it is not good. I did like, I think in the my twenties, I may have been a bit more serious. You know, we were our, <laughs> our art film assholes in, in like our twenties and stuff like that. So right. I think I was really harsh then. Now I do appreciate some of the comedy moments. Like there are a couple moments that are bright sparks, but as as they they light up they fade out very quickly
0: oh yeah you're
1: just you just just hit in the face with how fucking horrible it is again and again and again and not only just like bad movie making like fucking being offended fucking female characters being treated really really badly to the fact that the female character is so flat, her performance is so fucking flat. Like as much as they treat her badly, you're like, yeah, but you're fucking flat. Good
0: point now, though about the 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 jokes, though, the jokes that did land were good. They did, they did fizzle out like Echo Park fireworks, like budget hood fireworks, they're just like Pow! <laughs> and it's over, and they're just like you know, it was just like an annoying sound for a second,
1: and it's gone. But uh, yeah, it made sense that what you said that this was like a star vehicle mm-hmm. that he produced because I sometimes felt like they kept the camera rolling past the joke. Oh, it, oh you know, and oh, it kept actually, them no, this is important.
0: They did. They actually, when they watched it after it was all edited together, they could tell that this shit was so flat and so like ridiculous that they went in and overdubbed eddie's voice to put buttons on the ends of some of these jokes because it was just like it, it wasn't funny enough it just didn't it didn't carry and i think one of them is actually after one of my what was one of my favorite jokes as a kid which is when he's talking to her father does his character have a name the little naked bum that steals the hundred dollars is but, i have think a name? not she that i know of gompa at one point but i think that means dad
1: yeah. Well, I first I thought it was her his grandfather, and then yeah. she's his father. So maybe is
0: there's a whole lot that happens there yeah. that's weird, but like he says yeah. that thing about like you might want to get that booger off your jacket before it frees up and you scratch yourself. Yeah. And then he's walking away. You don't see his face, he's walking back into the building and it says, You could keep that hundred dollars because you know, God knows where it will come back on it if you give it back to me. Totally overdubbed. So many moments like that in the movie really? you can tell where they're like, yeah, they had to, I think there's a lot of that in the, um, the glass of water scene to where he goes and gets the ayante daga Like,
1: I think that there's a lot of that. Even in the beginning, the first scene that he has with her, where he talks about it being a joint and then it's like, haha, that's funny. But then he keeps on going with it again and again. And it might be because the chemistry between the two is so non-existent oh, God. that maybe if she would have, <laughs> if it would have been broken up with like a look from her that was like, I'm not falling for this, you know, like it's something then maybe that that would have carried the joke, but they didn't cut to her. Maybe it was, they didn't cut to her because it was such an ego narcissistic project from Mr. Eddie Murphy. Right. We love Eddie. We love you. This movie, it was a mistake, Eddie. It was a big, big, big mistake. And now. So wait, so our stars here, we've got Eddie Murphy. We've got L.A. Rete. I mean, this, I don't know how to say the name and I am butchering it. So the little boy who is actually it's not a, a, little little boy girl. Is a little girl. Yeah. I know. I just said that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a little girl, The little girl. I did not know that growing up. They
0: shaved her head and they and I think they like made her pretend like she was a little boy.
1: No no or, no, she like, definitely is supposed to be a little boy like they refer. to. No no
0: no her. no, I mean like in interviews and shit like they like ah. kind of made her hide her gender so that it didn't like
1: spoil the the fucking film, the 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 movie magic. Um Charles Dance is in it uh, as our our evil bad. We've got Charlotte Lewis who is our love interest who really I know that her name is ki because I looked it up, but mm-hmm. I don't believe they tell, they say her name throughout the whole film. She never is introduced. Like they don't say her name.
0: She never says, she never introduces herself to him on the playground.
1: No, she just says, oh, I'm down. looking for you, blah, 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 blah. Like literally, I don't think, you know, we could watch again, but I don't want to, but I was trying to listen to it. Oh, no, I think, I I think he
0: does say her name at one point. I think he does in the airport. After that thing, where he's like, "I am a wretch. I am a fiend. I have stolen from my brother Numsi. and then he finally gets him to go away, and then he calls out both of their names. Wow. I think he does. I think he does maybe once,
1: but I mean, but still, but still. I, you're so so. Maybe she has a name in this, and then Victor Wong is the man who plays the monk and slash her father, the disgusting monk, her father. Mm-hmm. All right, our summary from IMDb: A private detective. Specializing in missing children is charged with the task of finding a special child whom dark forces want to eliminate. Sure, yeah, that's fine. I mean, it
0: doesn't doesn't give it away.
1: I I literally needed to read that to find out what he does for a living because all they say is he's a finder. He looks for missing children. They never say that he's a private detective. They don't say that he's a police officer. He just gets access to these things. He's got like a super nice place in Silver Lake. Though he drives the shittiest car in the universe, but they actually never say what he does for a living, except for a finder of lost children.
0: Right. I guess. I mean, he's just cruising off that reward money. That's the thing. That's that's what he does.
1: I. It's just. It's never. I mean, actually explained.
0: It doesn't. It doesn't matter to them. <laughs> it doesn't matter.
1: All right. You want to get into the soup with me, Sasha? Let's get into the soup. All right. Oh my so. God. You wanna you wanna kick this off? All right. So,
0: Golden Child starts somewhere in Tibet, present day. Yeah, present day. Bunch of monks hanging out. Little baby boy. He's watching puppets, as you mentioned. Um, <laughs> I like how you say this. He gets dressed for work, puts on a little hat, steals some beads from a toothless monk, and brings a bird back to life. Right. So we establish this little child as as magical, and all these old monks are like just super stoked on this little boy
1: mm-hmm. and he's super cute he's, he's
0: super cute can
1: we just refer to her as a she throughout yeah, the whole thing exactly Can we just decide to do that can we yes can we give her that identity back um i'll tell you even though this movie's ridiculous i still watching a film where there's a child in peril still bothers me it's all I imagined that the whole time I watched this I
0: was like oh I bet this is like really fucking with Amy actually now I bet she really can't deal
1: with this at all I have to admit I mean not it's so stupid it got to the point where it was so stupid that it was like no I I can let go of it but at the same time in the very beginning I was like also because I didn't remember the film you know yeah scene by scene I was like Something bad. Like he better not get hit. He better not be that. But of course, you know, later on, he is being starved. And I was just like, how dare they not give him any good food? Oh and man, I actually, actually so had a moment so in my ahead. mind where
0: I thought about you and and my godson because when Nomsi comes in and he's like, "You will eat," I was like, "You met my godson."
1: It keep is the tr-
0: truth. Keep on fucking trying, Nomsi. My fucker's not going to eat. He's not going to do
1: it. <laughs> oh my God. So what Sasha <laughs> is trying to relate is that my son, when he doesn't want to eat, which is often, he's just evil about it. He will literally close his mouth, make a face and slap it out of your hand. He will turn his face. He will cry and push it away. It's yeah. the most difficult thing that I've yeah. ever faced in my life. Like yes. it's harder to get him to eat than it was to give birth to him. And that's yeah, not an exaggeration. <laughs> my like, take longer too. Um, I was <laughs> just like, yeah, I was
0: like, Numsi, you need to make a stop in Abergavenny and try to feed my godson and see, <laughs> see what really wear you down first, agent of Satan. All right, so Sarno,
1: Numspa, <laughs> how do you, I don't know, it's amazing that S- you- Sarno, Numspa. It's amazing that you got that because all I was like, I was like, oh, Tywin Lannister. To yeah, Tywin, yeah, Tywin Lannister. Lannister. Basically, yeah. um, who of course is uh, Charles Dance? Time when landerster kidnaps him with his evil gang. He's wearing nothing but a leather trench coat, like an ascot, and this thin ass scarf. You can't even make the joke because Eddie Murphy got a- got to it ahead of us.
0: Just fucking cruising through <coughs> the air quotes Tibetan tundra like Morris fucking Day. Seriously, I'm so, I just like from the get go, I was like, these. this is so terrible. Like the production quality of it is terrible. I mean, I guess it makes sense that Nomsi's not wearing a hat because he's an agent from Satan, so he must run hot. Um, But like all of his like gang are just so fucked up. And there's the guy, Tommy Tong, who's got like his little, his crazy ax blades. Like was the direction, all right, it's cold and you're just like an evil shit. So we just want you to like have this look on your face. Like you have to take the worst shit of your life and you just have to get through the snow until you can hopefully use the monk's toilet because that's just what he looks like the whole He's just just like holding back the worst duke ever (laughs) he's gotta get to the monk's house he's gotta get to the monk's house
1: and then not to not to bring it to a serious note but there are two like disfigured what Character. the fuck?
0: That dude used to scare the fuck out of me when I was a kid and now I felt so bad. I was like, what the hell is going on? Like, how how do you how do you hold a casting call for this where you're just like looking for di- a disfigured person to be ridiculed and made fun of for their disfigurement and to wear David Bowie pants while doing it.
1: <laughs> well, and then the other guy is not actually He's not actually disfigured. He has makeup on. And I kind of was like, oh, well, maybe they're not trying to make him look disfigured. Maybe they're just trying to make him look Asian. Like, what were they trying to do? Which one? Are you talking about the guy that Eddie refers to
0: as big head or fat guy? Which one are you talking
1: about? (laughs) I don't know. It's the one that- um, The the, the the naked Fat Pope. No, no, it's the one with the that the golden child becomes friends with. Okay. I don't throughout. think he's
0: wearing makeup. I think that he does really have that kind of Cro Magnon like brow. I don't, and I don't think mean that so. I think that is his face. I think I that don't is his face. So. I feel like I've seen him in something else.
1: I, I looked it up on the on the interweb. Okay. No, he don't look like that. I oh, mean really. He, yeah, it's not. I mean, yeah, it's not that prominent. It's like what you're talking about is not. I'll send okay. you a picture of him. You know, okay, cool. listeners will put it up and you can tell us if they put like weird makeup on him to accentuate this idea that he was, it's either that he's disfigured or that he's slow. You know what I mean? They did yeah, something simple. Something just, yeah. yeah I mean, something to him, but it's makeup that they've put on him okay. to do that. Um, I mean, that's what it looks like to me. And then we cut to Los Angeles. The Montage of Los Angeles, I don't know how to feel about it. It was like the most worst amazing thing that I've ever seen. Like, it, Indeed, indeed. And um, I it, really
0: t- took note of the fact that one of the things that they felt the need to keep panning to were different images of gas prices.
1: What was that? <laughs> I don't know, man. It was like Randy's Donuts, um, Rocky and Bullwinkle. And then 15 separate shots of gas prices. The price of gas. Yeah. No yeah. idea. No idea. And then of course this is where we met uh Chandler Gerald, which mm-hmm. is crazy. His name's Chandler. Like, yeah. I don't know. The, the, I don't know why I found that so funny when I saw this. Maybe it's because I've got the friends reference now. And so whenever I think of Well, it's a weird Canada, name.
0: It's 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 a it's, weird a, name. it's a real weird name. It's that you would like-
1: never ascribe to a dude
0: wearing black jeans. Okay, now can we talk about his outfit real quick? Cuz I've yeah, yeah. seen Eddie Murphy wear some better outfits. This this was terrible. This outfit is terrible. So first <laughs> of all, they have like all his junk shoved to one side in these pants. He's got like the most pronounced peen print I've ever seen on Eddie Murphy outside of raw. Okay, <laughs> like it's just like Eddie Murphy and his junk like he's got a partner on this case and it's his trouser snake. It's through the whole motherfucking thing, right? Then that Koofy, that black leather Koofy that he's wearing through the whole thing was just like an odd, I don't know. I just always, even as a kid was like that hat, that Koofy is weird, man. And then I feel like he's wearing jazz shoes.
1: I noticed that too, when he goes up the stairs, there is like a shot of his shoes and it it almost looks like they have lifts on them. It's yes. like, what is going on with those shoes? I feel like they ran out of budget because there's certain moments where things like they spent all the money on like the, the fucking David Lynchian dream that comes up or they spent all the money <laughs> on like yeah. making these, you know, the, the dagger go ding and the lights mm-hmm. and stuff like and that. And the rainbow
0: bright effects of when he like brings the bird back to life. He like yeah. puts a rainbow into the bird.
1: Yeah, I think they spent all of their money on that, and that's why. Like in the last scene, he literally has got the shittiest car that's ever existed in a film ever. Right. Got like a door that doesn't match and stuff, but it's not called out that he's got a shitty car. It's just like, yeah, he's got the. It's a station wagon. Like, yeah, he's got know. an
0: Eames. He's got an Eames chair
1: in Silver Lake, but he's driving
0: like a patchwork Pinto. Yes, it doesn't make any sense. It makes doesn't make no any sense. sense. It makes as little sense as like like the Golden Child. Looks like this little this little girl maybe weighs like thirty five or forty pounds at the most. She's like several sacks of flour, and they need to put her in a cage that weighs like four hundred pounds. It requires like three dudes to carry over their shoulders. It's it's a ridiculous. Everything's ridiculous. Everything is ridiculous. Um, so we the meet- world would miss nothing
1: if this film was never made. Oh come on now. It's true. It's true. Well, no, that little girl is cute. She's cute. She's cute, she's cute. Okay, so Chandler Gerald, we meet him. Um, We get some Eddie Murphy comedy here when he like catches some guy at a newsstand reading a porno called Chunky Asses. Which I took exception
0: to this part. I took exception to it, like (laughs) leave this motherfucker alone. He likes chunky asses, that's his business. You don't look (laughs) over someone's shoulder and comment on what kind of porn they watch or read in public. That's their business. <laughs> shame someone if they like a chunky ass. True that. That's the true rules. That's true. Those are the rules. Animals are babies. So long as it's not hurting anyone or anything that can't speak for themselves, it doesn't fucking matter what flips someone's burger. That's not your business.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, this is probably the first touch of how he does talks fucking too much and makes comments Mm -hmm. on everything that's it like any anywhere there was an opportunity for eddie murphy
0: to be eddie murphy he was i also i also thought like the montage of him in the city being chandler gerald you know he's putting up posters in his jazz shoes and (laughs) but he's got time to give a rose to a pretty lady You know, just like, uh, well,
1: See, that's what they tried to do with this character. There's a a lot of, he's really offensive as as the destiny is. You know, the the golden child will be saved um, in the city of angels by a man who is no angel. So they're trying to balance that he's got this great heart, but then he is no angel. So when he's beating up the guy um, in Pacoima and the guy tells him, um, we sold her for you mean the Kirk, ragu- Dug- Kirk, Kirk Douglas's son. <laughs> I call him a, a motorcycle trash Bradley Cooper. Oh, no, he is Kirk Douglas's son. What? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I like yours better. Uh, yeah. Well, anyway, when he does that and the guy's like, yeah, yeah, we, we sold her for a carton of cigarettes and uh, order pork fried
0: rice. Pork fried rice. Which I, all
1: I, even as a kid, I remember thinking
0: like, y'all made a bad deal. Like, well, <laughs> white girl, white girl's got to be worth more than that. Like, you, you could, you should have really negotiated for a little bit more. You're terrible, son. But I mean, it's just a shit deal.
1: <laughs> anyway, when he does that, at the end, he has this moment where he gets really angry. So mm-hmm. he hits him because it's so... um Unethical what they did. So they kind of mm-hmm. try to balance him out with these moments where he does have a heart that's pure of gold. But seriously, you know, we're definitely like we're literally, we haven't even gotten into the movie yet. Yeah. But it's just a movie filled with Eddie Murphy kind of commenting on anything and everything with a joke. It's just like free reign. And whilst I love Eddie Murphy's comedy like this one to me he teeters on just being fucking mean you know what I mean like the Mm. mean thing in the 80s we talked about with like um uh what was it in Goonies where it was cool to be mean yeah some of it is just like did you have to do that did you have to go there like can you stop being offensive just for a second yeah if there's a
0: joke if there's an opening for a joke make it
1: it's fine But it's it's just like, but it was tiresome, even though I love Eddie Murphy. It was kind of like, I just want the story to go on. And I actually want your character to be more than that. Right.
0: So I feel like, I feel like my, my spirit and soul shut down quickly because my favorite scene in the movie happens still in the opening credits. (laughs) And then it just all falls apart after that. And that is the, um, the Mel Bachman show. (laughs) That is my favorite scene. Oh, is it? Okay. okay. Mel, Mel Bachman, he, he's great. He is great at pissing Eddie Murphy. Off, and I feel like the whole thing was was totally improvised. And he is so committed to this like douchebag, self-important talk show host character interrupting Eddie Murphy and like not letting him get the information out that I just, that that scene makes me roll because he's so good. He's so good. And that's actually like, real good, solid Eddie Murphy right there. It's like, I'm a bust your ass. You leave that camera on me, I'm a bust your ass. Like, it, like all of that, that all works. And it then is, nothing works after that.
1: It is a good tete-a-tete. You know what I mean? Yes. Like that character, that comedian with Eddie Murphy can hold his own against Eddie Murphy. So mm-hmm. does actually have spark in that moment. It is a funny scene. I, I'm with you. It's not my favorite. I think Oh I God, you know what? You're so others. right.
0: And that's why my next- favorite moment in the movie, which was nowhere near as funny as I remember it as a kid, was um, Victor Wong when he's the little the little bum and yeah. he's going Pasadena, pase Pasadena. I think I always just thought it was really funny that someone would panhandle to try to get to pass a fucking Dina of all
1: places. What, Wait, what, what just happened? Talk- what part are you talking about? When
0: yeah. he lands in Tibet and he's like wandering around while she's organizing ponies, yaks and boats. He finds the little the little bum who's sitting there yeah, hand-handling yeah. and he's selling the necklaces. That's what he's saying. He's shaking the bowl because he's trying to raise money to get to Pasadena. I did not catch that joke. Pasad- What's Pasadena. over? Pasadena. That's, and he's got like postcards of Pasadena. Like that's <laughs> where he wants to go. And like, that was always fucking hilarious to me. But again, that's another moment where we have another comedic actor that can actually kind of step up to the plate with Eddie Murphy. Otherwise it's him dragging fucking... Dead weight. What's her name? Charlotte Lewis. Is that her name?
1: Charlotte Lewis is her name. And then again, in the show, it's Key Ning. But again, I don't believe it's ever said. But yeah, so let's go to Key Ning because she shows up in the beginning at a basketball game. Mm -hmm. And her basic purpose, in my opinion, in this film is to just exposition like she just she's the one who in her pretty british accent basically tells you the ins and outs of the golden child and why he's important and you know she tells you how the curses work etc etc then on top of that they put this like random love story that does not work because there are no sparks between these two And then when you told me that she was only 19 years old. She's a
0: baby baby. and she is as, you know, as
1: our Asian
0: lead actress character. Could she be more westernized in her appearance? Could she be more anglicized? Like she legit looks like the Asian Barbie from the 80s where it was Barbie's face, but they just kind of squashed it a little bit and gave her some cat eyes to make her look like she was Asian. Like that's exactly what she looks like. She's an, it's just, it's painful. And yeah, the the energy between them sparks. No, it's, it's as frosty as the faux Tibetan tundra. <laughs> it ain't happening. It ain't happening at all. And like, but the thing is, is like the first scene between them, like I don't find his responses to her that offensive because if you consider it, like she just shows up on the basketball courts and starts t- telling him that he needs to go rescue a magical baby. Like I would Absolutely. tell her too, that she, she should seek some psychiatric help.
1: I'm on your side. I'm on your side. At this point, it works. and then Except for when he touches her chin and is like, it's such a cute girl too. That's like, oh. Although that's part of the other joke because he does the big joint, you know, this scroll yeah. looks like a big joint. Mm-hmm. And then he says, such a cute girl. You shouldn't be smoking this. Like, so it's, it's, like, it's and a dope fiend. Such a cute girl. It's yeah. A fiend. Such a so shame. I think, yeah. I think it's him playing to that joke. So it's not, super that wasn't super annoying and i mean i like this opening scene he does the great one it's like oh i like children and then the kid yells at him he's like shut "Shut up up. (laughs) yeah no all of that that scene worked for me and then they
0: go to the house where they find cheryl mosley's you know unfortunate dead body and they go through and they see that it's like just straight up makes the manson house look like like some ride at disneyland (laughs) like this is just fucking blood on the walls a crazy ass fucking shit everywhere and the and the neighbors were like yeah every night it was just this crazy murmuring it just went on and on and on we never thought to say anything about it and then you know we backed up to the fence one day and there's a dead girl so we figured so we figured we'd call someone it's just real weird and then he, you know he's in there taking polaroids for evidence and what really bothers me about him taking polaroids for evidence is that he's snapping them and then immediately putting them in their pocket blow and wave motherfucker blow and wave that shit's not going to come out
1: actually this is one of the scenes that i've always remembered because of the oatmeal blood and i remember oh my god you were okay yes oatmeal blood was like
0: Ah! so creepy but also what's real creepy is to me is like what prompted him to poke the oatmeal to see if there was something under it was he like i wonder if they
1: put raisins in this because you wouldn't be looking for blood in Oatmeal. It's destiny, right? It's destiny that he is going to save this child. Mm-hmm. So you could argue that he was drawn to it. However, just the idea that he's there, again, without really establishing what he is, private yeah, detective or not. Yeah, because cops just let random private detectives
0: into crime scenes and have them be the first ones there because they put posters up on phone poles. Touching everything. And do, and do, and do public access fucking interviews. Yeah, no, it doesn't make a lot of sense that like- that he gets called in
1: so then he starts investigating uh, key is following him around they have a cup of coffee where she explains even more of uh, what the golden child is and, and the culture and all that more exposition about what the movie is about and he's just uh, making fun of her left right and center like he does say <laughs> one funny thing though
0: where he's talking i think he's talking about like the blood and the oatmeal or something he's like but like why would they need to do, i mean this is la though Like that was the one funny line in that. (laughs) But then see, even still here, like I get where you're finding him offensive and that he's making fun of her. But at the same time, I'm kind of on his side because he's just, you know, some dude and she's laying all this shit on him about astral projection. Like not everybody walks the
1: realms of tarot cards and believing and, and, you know. I guess what it is, is that anybody who is just constantly making fun of everything you say, I think maybe that's it. It's not so offensive to that degree, what you're saying. And I get what you're, you know, totally get what you're saying and it's valid. And maybe I'm just annoyed with the movie, Mm -hmm. but it was just like, give her a break. If you are going to entertain sitting down and having coffee with her, then like, please just be polite. I mean, I think that's it. It's like, I love the Eddie Murphy comedy, and there's these moments where it's like, "Yes, that's funny," but then it's just like, "Come on, like let it be." Then we meet the Dragon Lady and James Hong, who will appear in the next yeah, film,
0: right? What next? Um, film? Yeah, we meet the Dragon Lady, which is, you know,
1: wait, what next know? film? He's gonna be in Big Trouble, Little China. Oh, girl, I was like, is there a Golden Child too that we're talking about? No, thank about? God
0: there is not. Like, coming oh. to America 2 is t- unfortunate. I'll do, I'll do it. I'll watch it later, though. I think it's going to be really painful. I watched it. Um, you did?
1: Yeah. Are you okay? Yeah, we're going to, you know, like, yeah, I'll we'll save it. Watch it, girl, and then we'll talk about it. Let's start this all over. Okay, all right. okay. So, and then he meets the dragon lady and James Wong. James Hong, okay. Victor Wong, James Hong. Okay, you start it.
0: <laughs> you so yeah, so he meets the dragon lady and she hips him to more information about the fact that he
1: is the chosen one. He needs to go to Tibet and he's like this, y'all are crazy.
0: No, 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 Tibet. no, this
1: this time, this isn't the Tibet one. So this time he meets the dragon lady and she does more. Oh, she tells him about the kids, the compassion the yes.
0: of combash, compassion yeah. for the world, that's it.
1: And then and then there's an interest, I actually thought this was interesting. So she says something like, if he dies, the world will become hell. And then Chandler comments, we're not far from that now. And I was like, okay, there's one line in this that's kind of profound, right? And there's actually another line that happens later on that I found actually profound. Um, and it's when the, the disgusting monk it, and his daughter, right, Ki-Ning, are having a conversation. And they're talking about Eddie Murphy, right? Because she's like, I've spoiled Mm -hmm. myself. I've ruined myself with the American. And then he's like, he's he's, he's caring. And she's like, but he only thinks for himself. He does the right thing, but da-da-da-da-da. You know, they have this thing about it, like conversation about him. And then at one point he says something- No, you're about to pick my least favorite line in the movie. I about thought about to it, pick the
0: one where I was fucking straight up threw my shoes at the television.
1: What, Miraculous These magnificent
0: America? Americans have all this power and they don't know what to do with it. Now, look, the second part of this is, it was the fact that he referred to them as magnificent Americans. I just was like, <laughs> because obviously every ancient culture in the world is just so obsessed with how cool America is.
1: I still right? found it profound in the sense that it was like, very true about who Americans are and maybe that's my residue like I still fucking am an American I am still in spite of many things proud of being an American mind you I'm proud of like people who fought against the fucking things that happened in the past four years because there's a lot of other countries where you couldn't fight it was terrible that happened in the first place but you know, they were allowed to fight. We don't want to get into this too much, but I do have it. So I don't know if I feel so anti that line so much. I actually, that makes sense to me. It's like, I think Americans are amazing people. I think we are a great country. I think we are fucked up and don't know what to do with ourselves. And we end up ruining ourselves left, right, and center. And in just
0: about every country we enter into.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So. But I mean, there's an argument to make that there's a lot of countries and people who do that exact same thing, if not worse. You know, you could have said the same thing about the UK in the centuries, you know, before. Mm. you could have said it for about a lot of- well, I mean, the, the US
0: is just an extension of that behavior, though.
1: Oh, uh, I mean, you could say it about China.
0: The world is fucked, basically. Well, but, Anyhow, I know. what's what next fucked in this movie, what's next fucked is when she drops him off at home and he tries to get her to come upstairs and he says something to her where i'm just like ew dude ew so he he asks her up she turns him down he asks her again and then qualifies it by saying you know you should always give a woman the chance to say no twice just in case she changes her mind
1: ugh ugh God get the steel pads and take a shower. Ugh,
0: oh God, Brillo. So bad. Yeah, just scrub it off.
1: And he does and he does like, well yeah, the spirits. Oh, oh, the spirits told me that you should come up and have a drink. It's like, shut the fuck up, dude. Like, get away. And so that's the thing. She's flat. I don't think she's very good in this film at all, but I also think they treated her so fucking badly in so many different ways. Like the, the female character is written badly. Her choices that she makes are fucking backwards. And just like, I mean, the worst part is coming up. So I'm going to just save my outrage for the moment because I think the biggest thing that I was outraged in this movie was her and, and the way she was kind of treated here and there. Mm-hmm. Um. So-, so So then we cut to
0: baby baby in the cage astrally projects the little bird to i wanted to call him axel foley (laughs) projects the fucking bird to chandler gerald in his sweet ass apartment all all kinds of vintage decked out and you know does this takes this moment to do this after trying to turn big head dude to his favor by animating a pepsi can (laughs) <laughs> Which really like just has always pissed me off where right? I was like, and I know you have a theory on this. I also want to say about the Pepsi Can. So he animates this Pepsi can, this little dancing Pepsi can for the guy who's guarding him. Um, and that was actually all of those kinds of effects in this movie were the trial run for the um the effects for who framed Roger Rabbit. They tried
1: it all out in this movie. Mm-hmm. Wow. Fun fact, you heard it here.
0: Yeah, that's it. So that's 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 the story of the tin can. They actually, that was not part of the movie. They tossed that in there so just so that they could try out the effects. What pisses huh. me off is is like, kid, you can mentally origami a fucking Pepsi can, but you couldn't get out of this cage.
1: Come now. Come so, now. I personally think that they explained it. He's he's basically can't get out because he is. Surrounded by evil, but that what happens here is this guy right? This uh, henchman, one of his captors, he has a sensitive side and and he likes the golden child and he begins to play with him. They make him be like he's slow. Like there's something off that is mentally simple and he falls for it. So that's why he's able to do his magic. The golden child is able to do it because later on when somebody else falls asleep, that's when he's able to astral project. So he has Uh, to- Ah, word. You know what I mean? Like They're, they're Look, it. I didn't write the script. I just pay attention. I missed the Pasadena joke though, so I wasn't yeah. paying that much attention. Yeah. What's
0: What's funny is that like I really did like this movie, but everything that bothers me about it now bothered me then. So <laughs> now we So now we go to the crack house, right, where like all of these bikers are hanging out, just being disgusting, listening to some kind of twisted sister band. Body talk. I hear your body talk. That's the song, right? And this is a weird, he hops a fence and there's a family barbecuing and they just watch him do it. And then all of a sudden they're like, ah! and then in order to calm them down, he takes out his gun so that he can steal three chips, which is like so stupid. Like he jumps the fence, they're already freaked out that he jumps the fence. He's like, no, everything's fine. Then he takes out the gun. Okay, I don't. <laughs> then he takes their chips, then tells the dude to flip the burger. And then goes on about his merry way. It's like, okay, this is just another moment for Eddie Murphy to make the joke where he steals the chips, okay? Which so I love, busts-
1: I love that. Yeah. Joke. Like, yeah. I, that made me like, I'm just here for some chips. I'm just here just, for chips. Some- I just want the I chips. I don't remember I just want him having a gun on them. So maybe- I literally,
0: because because my mental and spiritual self shut down watching this, I have it running on mute right now. I'm at the scene. And it's happening have the in guys? front of my face. He has the gun in his ha- He jumps the fence. He has no gun. They freak out. They're already scared. He takes the gun out. What? As though that yes, it's it's absurd. It's absurd. Okay. So then he busts into the house with the gun, right? His little, his little gun. He's walking into the house. They're listening to this terrible. And she follows him. And of course, my first thought on this always is like, who wears white to fight crime? And who doesn't wear a bra to go fight crime? Like that this would just be uncomfortable. He tries to take them on. Obviously gets the shit knocked out of him six ways to Sunday because there's like 19 of them and one of him. She picks the lock with her bobby pin, even though he's already opened the door, goes in, starts kicking ass, and then I remember being like however young I was, and when she jumps up on that pole, and of course a pipe bursts and hits her, and her her breath has shown through her wet shirt. Like I remember then being like, ugh. Of course, that
1: had to happen because that so makes sense. Fucking annoyed. So trite. So, so annoying. Like, I think she's wearing a bra, but it's just so you just get the outline, but it's like her hands are up in the air. yeah. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. you know, it's and, and she, let's, we might as well mention her breasts are ginormous. Oh, they're
0: glorious. They're glorious. Um, they rival perhaps Jamie Lee Curtis. In, in trading places. It's well, because they're
1: three times me. Jamie Lee's size. Like they're and, and, and half the age as well, probably because <laughs> she's a child. I don't remember the scene growing up whatsoever. And the second I saw it, I was like. Here it is. She's uh, jumping up. She kicks the dude in her white shoes.
0: White on white. And you're right. She is wearing a bra, but it's like a see-through Victoria's Secret number. So like oh, she God. might as well not be wearing a bra.
1: Oh, God. Well, see, the big... So the thing that annoys me even more is that once she frees his ass, she literally sits back and doesn't do anything. Yeah. Well, he now, all of a sudden, beats the shit out of every single person there without a gun, okay. without she, anything.
0: She, she literally just stands there watching. We have a in literally- violence tits and violence and then we let Eddie Murphy be a badass for like five minutes and then as you mentioned he you know knocks the shit out of Kirk Douglas's son because they very disgustingly sold a girl
1: and then of course the the part that we totally passed over is the fact that he told her initially not to get out of the car and then Mm -hmm. later he starts like lecturing Yeah, no
0: no no thank you for rescuing me from this band of like fucking hillbilly biker psychos he's just like, You've you've emasculated me. I told you to stay in the car. These are
1: man things. This man shit went down here. And and yeah, I, and I was annoyed with this. But the thing is, is that I think the attempt at feminism here, the failed fucking attempt of feminism, is that of course she can take care of herself. So yeah, he yeah. says all these things. But if in the next scene she starts doing backflips, you know, yeah. Mary Lou Rentnon. Everyone, and it's like, oh no, she can take care of herself. And mind you, it maybe would have worked if they didn't just completely sexually exploit her by making her break a water um, pipe whilst wearing pure white. And being splashed in the face, like her hair. She she does one of these things. People, you can't see me, but I'm, I'm doing my thing. With her. <laughs> like uh, uh, no. No, no, no. Oh, I got I get hit with water. Like it's. Oh, yeah. uh, I wanted to fucking scream when I saw. it. Yeah. Well, I yeah. mean, yeah. There it is. Yeah. I mean,
0: Go it ahead. was yeah. It was like one beat away from someone tossing her a bar of soap so that she could then wash her very
1: dirty breath. <laughs> No. oh my days so That's then ridiculous then nothing i mean this isn't even really super important they they go and they kill tommy tongue because they go to tommy tongue's restaurant they fight with tommy tongue king Ling, king nang sorry king nang does some black fits um around. what happened to you did you just have a stroke i know right your whole tongue just like seized up in your, in your just, head what happened i get a like, like, tommy Tung, king nang got stuck it's stuck in my mouth and now i'm i can't speak at all yeah um and then a rat transforms into tywin lannister and he kills <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then okay what are we gonna say about this and part? then he
0: has a chat with the devil he rolls out a special mat he has this little tea ceremony or some <laughs> shit in his morris day jacket and he has a tete a tete with the devil and i don't know if you noticed he was making like rock and roll fingers that was his hand mudra while the medi- while meditating talking to oh the devil god. which i just
1: really oh that's that just makes me want to take poison and it's then we get the next... to the most strangest scene in the whole yeah. movie which is the dream sequence yeah which i almost really appreciated because this movie was so shit so thank god for doing something totally weirdo in it in the middle like smack in the yeah. middle it's this David Lynchian dream. Um, there's an audience with an applause sign. Around yeah, he like he wakes up in he wakes up in
0: Prince's bedroom. Like all of a sudden, like there's a red light and flowers everywhere. <laughs> da, 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 da. There's fucking like candelabras and shit, and he's he's wandering through the place. There's a white pony.
1: It's just it's like, actually pretty great. And then of course, the whole point of it is um, Tywin Lannister is like, give me the dagger and and kind of confronts him for the first time. So that's like the main purpose. And they try then- they
0: try to imbue Nusey with some humor by giving him oh yeah the, the Eiffel towers in the background like there's just like all this weird imagery and they try to imbue him with some kind of humor where they acknowledge that he's got some kind of speech impediment where he cannot appropriately say he, he has a trouble with the letter J Mr. Garrow right and he's like why, why do you why do you keep mispronouncing my name like that my name is Chandler Gerald and then like seconds later he's like I will trade you the boy for the a young dagger. Like he tries to say the J, but he can't. And it's like the worst attempt at giving this character any kind of comedy.
1: I swear all. to God, did not understand it, why that happened. I guess that's yeah. what it was. They were attempting it. It failed so bad that I didn't so badly. notice the attempt. Oh God, so badly. And then um and then Keening has a cameo here. This is where <laughs> she shines. This is this
0: is her best scene. <laughs> Playing at being the damsel in distress, where she's like covering her face and like This is where she's the best in the whole. And this is
1: where you see how enormous her breasts are. Oh my god! They're like they're blinding. It's like two big giant moons, and she's tied (laughs) up with toilet paper. It's. It's. I have to say. Like if my favorite scenes of the movie, like the dream sequences just because it's so bananas and I appreciate Mm -hmm. that. I appreciate the bananas of this scene. Um, It made was one of the only times it's like, what the fuck is really going on here? Yeah, it was kind of nice. So they go to the dragon lady again and now she tells him to go to Tibet. Okay, that's what happens. All right.
0: And so this uh, this is where i st- i think i at the dream is where i like stopped taking notes where i was like <laughs> we peaked what else is there to say yeah so yeah
1: well here's so my both- I, my next beef starts here okay so they go they, they, they let's go to tibet he's like i'm not going to tibet this chosen one thing has gone too far you know you guys are need to start talking normal the this is not normal da 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 this is not normal right and then Him and Kinang sleep together, right? Ew, except for the fact that there is zero kissing, touching, or anything. She basically says, we're, uh, you know, aren't you going to invite me up? And then he's like, oh yeah, yeah. And then the next thing you know, it's morning and they are, you know, talking about going to bed and they decide to go. But again, no kissing, no affection, no anything. Now, you told me, that she's 19 years old. That was like, okay, Uh, that's, I'm gonna look it up right now. Maybe that's why they didn't do it. But initially when I was watching it, I was like, this is the eighties. They love sex. Why aren't these two characters having this moment? The only thing I can come up with is like, they didn't do it because these are ethnic characters. And I feel like they didn't do it here for she's that 19, reason. She was born
0: in 67. Yeah, she's 19 years old. Yeah.
1: They so did not do it because she was too young because they've done that shit before, you know? Well, I, mean, I mean, they it. had
0: no problem with like putting a fucking spray hose on her white shirt and like exactly. blasting her boobies across the screen. So, so why is
1: there no sex happening whatsoever, right? I, I think mm-hmm. that's it because-
0: Well, it was PG, it was also rated PG 13, but there was tits, but not full tits. That's probably why. That's probably why there was no actual, they were trying to keep that PG-13 rating.
1: A kiss would have been fine. Just one kiss. They kiss at the very end of the movie once, but they mm-hmm. could have very easily kissed each other. They could have very easily had a moment where they held each other's hands or something, but they Showed literally got any
0: interest in each other other than some terribly written banter.
1: And I just feel like in the 80s, it was so about that sex element. And in this mm-hmm. movie, they just decide not to do it. I'm sorry. Why? But
0: they took the time to do this bullshit aspect of the storyline that has nothing to do really with anything. So, I mean, it would have changed nothing. It would have changed yeah. nothing whether they, bego- whether they got romantically involved or not. It could have gone any, any number of ways that wasn't an important part of the plot.
1: That's what I, this is what I feel is, was going on. I feel like it was a taboo, even in 1986, when this movie came out to have ethnic characters, people of color, you know, showing affection in a film. I
0: think you're probably right. I I mean, and it,
1: it was super bothersome to me because it just doesn't seem like there would have been any other reason to not explore that. I mean, he talks about wanting to marry her later. And they don't even, they literally don't hold hands until the very end of the movie. They don't touch at all.
0: And and she's apparently supposed to have been a virgin.
1: Yeah, because that whole, you know. Yeah, where she says that that I I ruined myself.
0: Ugh, ugh, more of that fucking nonsense of that your worth is wrapped up in your virginity because you know that's your value is your untouched vagine right so that only one man can purchase it and ride it like it's a fucking horse right oh my god
1: (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) so i think you're absolutely right to have fallen asleep at the dream sequence because that shit happens and then they go to Mm -hmm. tibet and like i said you know the music completely changes and eddie murphy complains the whole time but this is actually the the most famous part is coming up okay so so we've already gone over the scene where he meets the beggar and gets the necklace but mm-hmm. then they finally get to the mountain and he goes in and it's the the famous scene of this movie which is the spinning of the poles oh my god which i still found funny like i yeah oh, not, yeah and it was still <laughs> yeah that <laughs> like, part is still
0: legitly that like, legitimately legitimately <laughs> funny <laughs>
1: I want the knife. Okay, can I tell you, Sasha, why I thought it was the funniest thing right now is because it was literally you. Like, either (laughs) either Eddie was copying you or you've been copying Eddie for your whole life. But when he's like, I want the knife, and he puts his hands like that, and when he does it again, is like, please. I was like, oh my God, it's Sasha. Like, that's exactly (laughs) Sasha Chambers. I'm telling you. (laughs) Look at my weird puffy jacket. I've got this on Zoom. I'm gonna cut this and put it on the thing next to him doing it. It's like the exact same thing. (laughs) And, and, And and then from that part, it's just. It's fucking crazy. I mean, like yeah. I, we're not gonna go scene by scene here. I mean, I'll just say it. And then if you want to throw anything out, right. Like, so he goes through the trials to get the knife. He's got a whole- Yes, only a man whose
0: ass is narrow can make it down these steps. And if I, my yeah, ass is that, no, I shall have it. Yeah, more, just more Eddie, Eddie Murphy vehicle moments.
1: And and none and I, that are very memorable after this point. Like, like the chips one that I it's love. It's really, really like, hard funny. to stay awake. Yeah. Oh, I think maybe the one funny thing is when they, and then oh, is it funny or is it offensive? I mean, that maybe that's it. Maybe these things aren't offensive, but they play the line so close and they play it so often through the film that you're like, is that an, a, just annoying or is it offensive? I don't know what, but he, on the way back after he retrieves it and after they have the thing at the airport, which which if you want some to say something about it, feel free after. But like um he gets into the plane and he puts on the earphones, the red earphones, uh-huh. you know, and then he starts singing with the Tibetan music, you know, la la la. Yeah. So again, that moment is famous from this film but it's kind of like mm, is it funny is it offensive
0: well I mean this was also an era where it was perfectly fine to like make fun of people's accents and
1: that's what it feels I guess that's yeah. what it is that's what yeah. it feels like yeah he's making fun of the music but it, it does have that feeling of like I'm making yeah. fun of someone's accent and yeah. I'm making fun of someone's culture yeah so they get back and then at the airport Tywin Lannister shows up and tries to kind of manipulate the knife by getting the cops and saying that- Which, like, him. really, at this point, dude, y- you can be
0: or not be a rat? You could just, like, appear wherever the fuck you want, but you've got to call the popo
1: to try to get your knife? Well, ex- especially because five minutes later, in movie time, he attacks the house, which, again, is another problem with the Ki-Nang scene. Why, you, why, why can't this bitch put some pants on? She can't put pants on to leave. So basically he's got the knife and he's going to be super pure. So he's not going to go to bed with her. He has the suitcase handcuffed to his wrist. Keening comes out and is wearing this really beautiful blue shirt. I mean, she's got beautiful clothes actually through the whole thing. I mean, like if we're going to give her a, a bone, let's give it to her. Well, I mean, she's, she's a model. She's, she's gorgeous. She's going to
0: look yeah. like shit
1: in anything she wears. Like, that's I, like the whole idea. I like her jewelry throughout like okay. she's has like really pretty Julie I'm telling you I'm throwing bones Sasha we've got to give her something uh-huh. because I feel really bad about what they do to her in this next scene mm-hmm. so she's only wearing this blue night shirt and then they hear noises so they go outside but of course before she does a backflip off the fucking balcony on the second floor <laughs> to the ground yeah. she does not put clothes on she just yeah. put the you know, pants on, and then so all of her backflips, which of course are done by a stunt woman, or you know, and not her, but it's like panties, 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 yeah. panties like every time she does something. And how and many then, pairs of white panties
0: do you own, Amy? I, I mean, are we really answering the question? <laughs> I, I, well, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say I don't own a single pair of white panties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. white panties?
1: I, I wear white panties. I mean, <laughs>
0: like, really?
1: I think that's kind of personal. Yeah. I mean, I get now that you say it, I get why you want it, but yeah. I mean,
0: I'm just, and this is funny that you do because the joke used to be that you could not wear anything white because you used to read the newspaper all the time and it would take approximately, like you would absorb newsprint, do you remember? Oh you had, yeah. it was like weird, do you still have that? That was like, like my
1: superpower. Paper. No, I don't have that superpower anymore.
0: No matter what you were reading, yeah. it could be the fucking phone book. You'd absorb the ink into your hands and the next yeah. thing you knew it was like all over your face and your clothes yeah. and you'd be like, how did you, how?
1: That do doesn't happen stuff. to me any, anymore, yeah. Dear listener, Sasha's referring to my old superpower, which I was super absorbent. And every time I read <laughs> was a, a bounty, newspaper, yeah,
0: she was the bounty quicker picker upper. Like anything, <laughs> anything would stick to Amy. It was super strange. And I think because I watched you like ruin so many white shirts and like be like, fuck, I have to change. Like I got into this thing where I was like, fuck the color white. I don't have white sheets. I don't do white towels. I don't do white anything. I'm like, it's just going to get fucked up. Don't bother. I
1: I used to also, the second, and this doesn't happen either, though I haven't been drinking lately, but when I would drink red wine, like I would turn beet red. Yes. You had the Asian thing. You get the, like, you get the hives on your face. Your tongue would turn purple doesn't happen anymore though i don't know maybe i just live in cold places now it was an
0: allergy you grew out of but you know this is fascinating now so (laughs) um
1: so oh so so she dies right yeah she saves his life she saves his life she dies and then eddie goes back to the dragon lady and this part i remember when we were kids was another ah yeah when he pulls down the screen and he um because she's like half shrimp and
0: half rattlesnake
1: yeah because of course in the beginning um kineng told us that she one of her ancestors was raped by a dragon dragon. which i don't remember from the when i was young like that that was the reason that was another funny part in the beginning so when he was being offensive of like like what are you doing later tonight because your silhouettes kicking. And then he added the last one, which is, like, she plays the maracas, too. Like, he uh-huh. does have some funny moments. Like, like, some of his quips are great. But they yeah. seem to be when they're a little harmless. You know, like, I want that knife. Or I just want some <laughs> chips. I just want some chips. Like, when they're not directly kind of putting someone down. Yeah. It's so much more funnier than you know when he's just being angry or the the the
0: the, the rubbing of the poles part is what's on the television right now it's very funny <laughs> that did you like it's that's you is is yes I totally the
1: body language right yeah all right so he finally uh goes to save the golden child and yeah, you know, he fights the first dude with um the facial deformity and literally after he kills him he shrugs his shoulders. Yeah. And like the golden child touches the the captor who's simple and he becomes like an ally and he's now protecting the child and then Tywin Lannister becomes a demon. The ugliest
0: demon. Like <sighs> similar to the vampire faces in in fucking that fright thing you made me fright watch night. fright night yeah <laughs> feel like of all the scary things they could have imagined a hairless skinless cat
1: with wings <laughs> is it is, the is what he looks demon. like is
0: so not scary it's just icky
1: it's the worst demon ever you're it's very worst. right
0: and I, he's not a badass. Like when they actually go toe to toe, like you're a fucking demon. You're an agent of Satan. You don't have lasers that can shoot out of your eyes or like fucking your fingernails can instantly grow like 9,000 feet and stab him from across the room. You're reduced to throwing
1: rubble. <laughs> like an angry toddler. <laughs> I, he's not that badass. And it's like they, they basically, so they go to the water tower to fight him first. And they defeat him there by like the walls crumble in on him. Right. I mean it and he leaves the dagger behind.
0: Yes. Remember that. Remember that the dagger
1: ends up on the
0: floor because the place is is caving in. So they just they just book it with the kid, him and the kid. And then he gets in the car and he's like, There's no keys. There's no keys. And then the kid makes the car go.
1: Yeah. I mean that we're just fizzing out here, Sasha. We're fizzing out because I mean, well, this this is
0: this is what happens. This is what the golden child is. It just keeps getting slower and slower and harder and harder to watch as you realize that this this, the whole story is going to culminate in a way that like is not that interesting.
1: So then the demon comes back. Space is half fucked up, and there's a second fight but I don't quite remember what happened. Like I- He pops up through the floor. Like they're there, they're there. And they're just like, oh shit, she's going to
0: die. He busts up through the floor, which is real weird because he was coming from the sky. Right? And then somehow he is burrowed underneath the building. He comes up through the floor. He's got the dagger. He's all tore up and shit. And he tries to stab him, and it bounces off the magical necklace. Thank you. Okay, that's the knife goes flying, and then that's when the golden child is like mind power, and he like sends the knife across the floor to Eddie Murphy, and then it like takes just about nothing. It actually does take nothing. Like he gets a hold of the knife, and then immediately, numsi demon demon numsi starts to get like swirled up in some golden halo of evil like he does when he turns into a rat which makes no sense he's like and then there's just like this window left open for chandler to just like yeah yeah pops him in the chest with
1: it that's it and and then it's over and then the the cute little girl goes over to keening and lifts her foot up touches her brings her back to life and then they cut to them taking a walk towards downtown um she's dressed like a little american boy right in yeah. quotes in quotes wearing a baseball yeah. shirt and a baseball hat they sh- finally share one kiss yeah and then and then the movie's done
0: yeah <laughs> it's very very tidy little ed mcmahon jokes and that's it
1: that's it Blah, and, you, and you are left feeling a little
0: gross feeling like you just had a fucking yeast infection in the mall at christmas it was, But so you had that. a Cinnabon, so it wasn't that, you know. Yeah, there was, was
1: like, there was Cinnabon bites throughout. There was Cinnabon bites. Yeah, exactly, right exactly. Oh, exactly. I want the knife, that was a bite yeah. of
0: Cinnabon.
1: Absolutely. You know. I love Eddie Murphy so much, but this showed that he works better with the reins around him a bit, or just better actors to work off of. And mind you, I'm not saying that, um, you know, Charles Dance is a good actor. I mean, this girl- Charles
0: Dance apparently felt all kinds of ways. About this movie, and I'm not sure. Like, maybe he owed money. <laughs> I'm not sure what what made him want to do this film, but he was not. Um, he was not. He was not moved. To- <laughs> not impressed. <laughs> this this is film. Was not impressed. Not impressed with it at all.
1: Yeah. Um. And nor were Sasha and I. No. 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 I mean,
0: apparently Charles Dance, so I'm looking it up right now. Charles Dance said that he enjoyed improvising and acting with Murphy, but admitted that he didn't think much of the golden child. It wasn't a great intellectual exercise, but it was great fun. Because, you know, a Lannister's got to pay their debts. So <laughs> he got to get that money. He got to get that money. And funny enough, you talking about the score, originally, apparently, John Barry was hired to score the film. Oh, was he? And I think that they actually c- kept some of it but what they what they, they, they found that his score was so over the top compared to the content of the film that it just didn't push the movie along.
1: So did they so just leave it they in?
0: Switched. They switched, they switched.
1: But yeah. I bet you they left it in for when they went to Tibet. They were like, okay, we'll leave it for the Tibet part, but then we'll get somebody else for the yes. rest of it. Yes, they brought in someone named
0: Michael Colombier to do more contemporary work, but kept his stuff for the more like epic scenes. But that's oh, why God. the story feels fucking schizophrenic. You know, not only us, Amy, not only us had this problem with this because apparently the screenwriter, David Fellman, he did not think that Michael Ritchie did a great job with the film. Um, his quote is, I think that wasn't what Eddie should have done. And it's not <laughs> what the director should have done. And he didn't even do it that well either. It was a nightmare. And this was in reference to them trying to make an action slash adventure slash detective, but instead Eddie Murphy comedy.
1: It's a shit show. I literally am so sad because I loved it so much when I was younger. And it's not that I, and I don't think I got affected by it. Like, I don't think there's anything in this film that, you know, shaped who I am. I it's know. garbage. It's garbage, And that garbage. makes me really sad. Because I wish it was still good.
0: Like that, like the Joni Mitchell album hits and misses. (laughs) This is on the miss list.
1: Yeah, it's on the miss list. Sorry, a D. Choices were made though, dude. Choices Choices were made, made. all of them poor. Yeah. Uh, All right. On a transatlantic flight, Sasha. Yeah. Would you watch The Golden Child, Children of Men, or any movie with? Liam Neeson.
0: I would watch children of men because that movie is long and it's, it's sad and it's creepy. And I, I deeply identify with the strange old woman with the tiny dog that helps them escape at the end, because that would be me in that version of an apocalyptic world. I would be an old lady with a little dog that would just be like, yeah, me and my dog, we're getting through this. See, so I, so
1: cool. I don't, um, I have not seen *Child of Men*, but I am not interested in *Child of Men*. Um, *Children of reason, Men*. Sorry, I think of men. A,
0: I've seen it a couple times, oddly, and I don't know why. Probably on a flight. But, but it's a good
1: movie. I, you like it? Yeah,
0: I've seen it a couple times, and I remember seeing it when I was living in Canada. So I'm imagining that I actually did watch it on a flight coming or going from Montreal to LA. And yeah, it's it's weird and it's disturbing.
1: All right. Well, me, for me, I would watch Liam Neeson on this one. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'd watch Liam Neeson because you know why so, children of men. Is
0: this the first time? Is this the first, first time, time? First time. It? Yeah. I would watch. I think movie. we even picked joysticks on. We were like, I would watch joysticks on a film just to. like.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I don't it. know. We're going to have to listen to it. I don't think so. But I would. You know why? Because, okay, I'm not watching this film again. I might rewind it and just see the part with the Pasadena because I I didn't catch that and I'd like to see that. Um, But other than that, Children of Men just make, it just seems super heavy. And mind you- it's really heavy. It's really heavy. Yeah, yeah. And, And not even, I'll just be like straight up, like heavy movies. I so have to be in the mood with the for them, and I have not been in the mood for about six years. For about six years, you put on a heavy fucking film, and it's just like too much. I, I'm having a really hard time these days watching anything that sits with me for days. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I want it to be like enjoyable. I want to talk to my girlfriends about it, and then I want it to be Move done. Move the fuck on. Yeah, yeah like so. Children, yeah, no, there's men. A, yeah,
0: there's a lot of scenes from children and men that like. See, and this is like my thing about watching horror films, where I'm like, now I own that image in my brain, and I can't unown that. I can't unsee it. And there's a lot of stuff from children of men actually that like, it's in there. It, it lives great. in there now.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. it's weird. All right, but you would rewatch it. So Sasha's rewatching that. I would. And- I would sooner I rewatch by- that. Yes. It sounds like Sasha really likes this movie, actually. So so we're we're recommending Children of Men if you're in the mood. But we are not recommending rewatching uh Golden Child. It definitely rots your brain. This is one that rots your brain. Yeah, clogged my yeah. mental arteries. Yeah, yeah. It definitely is a clogger. This you made is me like- fall
0: into trauma sleep. Protect.
1: Yes. Protect. <clears throat> thank you also very much for listening to our latest episode of eating after midnight if you liked what you heard please pop over to itunes or whatever platform you listen to us on and leave us a review you'd also make our day if you could follow us on instagram at eating after midnight podcast and if you've got the time dm us with any comments questions or complaints we'd love to hear from you until next time
0: Catch up on some episodes of Films We Liked
1: More, please.